Welcome to The Crux. Each week, two of the world's top communicators take you behind the scenes of the news of the day to explore the crux of communications that are shaping business, politics, and our daily lives. Hi, this is Gary Sheffer. And hi, I'm Mike Fernandez, and we're glad to be with you from Boston University. Hey, Gary. Um, you know, one of the things is we look at the news from uh, the past several days and weeks. Uh, one thing that really caught my eye uh, was the story of this um, elementary school student in Florida who was a big University of mm-hmm, Tennessee mm-hmm. fan. Yep. Um, but he didn't have the means to get, you know, kind of... Uh, a, a Tennessee T-shirt or any kind of logo wear. Plus, it's probably not readily available where he lives in in Florida anyway. Uh, so he decided, as a as a young mm-hmm. volunteer fan, that what he was going to do is he's going to put a U and a T, and he'd just use his own pen, and then he'd attach that to an orange shirt that he had. Yeah. And uh, then he got mocked and derided and And shamed and bullied by other students. Um, And the teacher was kind of moved by what had kind of transpired and tried to to comfort him. And and then she actually, I guess, wrote about this on uh, social media. And it got picked up right. by people at the University of Tennessee who very smartly sent this young man a, uh, a box of swag. Yep, yep. Uh, not only that is after, uh, you know, everything had gone viral on this, uh, they then go ahead and, I guess, ask the family's permission, and they reprint T-shirts with yeah. his actual drawing. His design. Of the U, yeah. His design of the UT. And, and this past week at the football game, the entire marching band yeah, exactly. from the University of Tennessee marches in wearing that T-shirt. Yes. And then to add on to that, this week, uh, the University of Tennessee has offered him a scholarship for four <laughs> years at the University of Tennessee. Wow. Well, talk about uh, humanizing and what a great story, right? And I would say that, um, I mean, it makes me feel good, but at the same time, you know, the University of Tennessee football team is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so after years, you know, they're, they've got a proud They need in. something they, to pick exactly. them up. Exactly. <laughs> so whomever is in marketing or in the provost's office or the president's office at University of Tennessee, bravo, because your yeah. university needed something. Yeah. Yeah. They need to bring Manning back. <laughs> yeah, they, they certainly do. But look, it's the power of social media, right? You, this never would have happened. Yeah. Never would have happened. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. W- as we were growing up. Yeah. Now the only other thing that that occurred to me, and and this, uh, you know, pardon me to people who will take offense. Yeah. But you know, you almost wonder if you know if this had happened a little bit earlier, maybe the outcome for Felicity Huffman might have been different. My, my d- <laughs> <laughs> she might have had another out. Exactly. Another way to Selling win admissions yeah. uh, for, for her, her child. Now, I know, Mike, you want to talk about something personal, a friend of yours. Yeah. Uh, that you well, were, and, and it's kind of interesting. You were a reporter before yeah. you went into the business of media relations with corporations and, 
and uh, being the CCO at, at GE. Uh, I certainly worked with some news organizations while I was in college, uh, and one of those news or organizations was National Public Radio. And at the time, there was a uh, young reporter by the name of Koki Roberts, right. uh, who did a lot of their political coverage along with Linda Wertheimer. And I actually uh, was kind of an assistant providing them information mm -hmm. around political races at the time. Um, and then got to know her even more closely, and also her husband, Steve, mm -hmm. who was a reporter for the New York Times, also covering politics, when I was a U.S. Senate press secretary. Right. But phenomenal, phenomenal uh, reporter. She had the, a great gift. Mm -hmm. She was very analytical. Mm -hmm. She was also very kind and thoughtful. But she, she could really zero in and ask a question that not only got to the answer of what had just happened and what was news, but she had a way of digging in the right way so that you got kind of the story behind the story. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I know oftentimes in journalism school and uh, in public relations classes, even probably here at BU, people are told that, you know, when you're a professional. It's a transaction, it's right? It's a transaction. Yeah. You don't have a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I at least uh, had some of those relationships that were friendly, mm -hmm. and one of those was, uh, with Cokie Roberts yeah. and with Steve, and sorry to see her go. Yeah, and why not? What a just terrific yeah. person. And, it, you know, it, 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 you know, I hate to, you know, generalize about anything, but it seems like there are fewer people mm -hmm. in the business like this that mm -hmm. were sort of straight down the middle, clear mm -hmm. thinking, focused, um, and just, uh, you know, respected all around. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm with you, too. I, I look, y you know, there's a lot of hard give and take with journalists sure. between journalists sure. and people in our profession, the PR profession. And I've had some doozies. Yeah, you know, me too. And, and, and it just, you know, you, you shake yourself off, you dust yourself off and, yeah. and you come back for another day. Uh, but I have to say, there are several people in the profession that I feel very well, uh, and affectionate and toward. And, yeah. and you grow to respect some of these yeah, people. Exactly. They have sharp intellects. Yes. You know, and, and at the same time, they're human beings. Yes. You know, she had this uh, Southern gentility, yes. Southern kindness. You know, her, her both of her parents were members of Congress. Right. Uh, her, her siblings were also involved in politics. Uh, it was... Uh, I, I always felt when I had a conversation with her, while she was certainly trying to get information out of me, yeah. that I learned a great deal. Oh, totally, totally. And and so I don't want to end this segment, this this discussion on a bad note, but I do think it's instructive. You know, we're, we've uh, Mike and I have been uh, recently at the Page Conference, and we had two great speeches uh, from our award winners, uh, Bob Feldman and Merrill McDonald, and both touched on uh, the point of civil discourse. Yeah. And I think eloquently so in both cases. Um, and um, so I and we have a long way to go in this country Absolutely. on the civil discourse. So the president uh, in commenting today on uh, Cokie Roberts death um, said she never treated me well, but I wish her family well. Mm. Right. So it's you know, it's really terrible. Yeah. Re yeah. Really terrible. Because this is a person that doesn't deserve mm -hmm. that, not, and right. particularly from the president. And uh, uh, it, it's just a, sync, a symbol of really how far we have to go to get back to some sense of normalcy 
and treating pe- each other with a, a uh, with respect and the you know uh, that we everyone deserves. Well, and and, and unfortunately, I think uh, what it what it leads to is cynicism. Yes, exactly. You know, you would hope that in moments like these and uh, when the country and uh, and its citizens are, are grieving that you the, the person in the Oval Office would show some grace. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I want to move from there, Mike, to the NFL. Yes. Right? So still the most popular, you know, it's a juggernaut of a sport. Um and uh, the interesting development over the past few weeks, one of the probably the best wide receiver in football, um, Antonio Brown. Except played. other wide receivers probably wouldn't say. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> well, you know, he's he's pretty darn good. He was yeah. on the uh, he was on the Steelers. He went to the Raiders, and uh, you know, got into a dispute with the NFL over the new helmet for that the yeah. NFL required yeah. for safety purposes. Yeah. And lo and behold, he ends up at the here in Boston. At, where they really need them. Where they really need them, right? Yeah, you know. And it talk was, about juggernaut, right? And it just, you know, how do you think about being part of the NFL communication structure, which yeah. is very good. You know, yeah. they have uh, really strong people there, and uh, and then on top of that, he gets here uh, in Boston, and there's allegations of um, sexual uh, abuse, and and I. I think rape is one of the, the allegations that's been made. Although, although the there has no been no criminal charge. That's correct. There's, there, there's it's a, a civil civil, complaint. civil case. Yeah. R- important point, and um, and the Patriots went ahead and let him play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe in the coming days the NFL is going to talk to the accuser, the litigant, and. Yeah. In the in this case, so what what do you think of that? When w- this is a conundrum that right. professional sports faces all the time, not just the yeah, NFL. Yeah, because on one level, uh, professional sports is a business, right? You know, so as a business, uh, they want to be able to put a product out in the field or in an arena uh, that they've got the best talent and and they play and they try and win the game. And then what you realize is that all of these athlete, athletes are also celebrities. Right. They have uh, sort of these outsized images. And those outsized images can sometimes uh, be an advantage or disadvantage to the teams that they're playing exactly. for. Exactly. And so it, what ends up happening is the focus becomes on something other than the field of play. That's right. And in this particular case, especially given uh, what uh, the reputation of the NFL in years past yes. as being maybe too tolerant, yep. um, this is a tough one. Yes. Uh, because my guess is there are a lot of female fans that are scratching their heads and kind of saying, I, uh, tell me again, does the NFL condone care. this sort of thing? Yeah. Does Do they care? Um, and yet, in fairness both to the athlete and to the team, it, uh, the NFL needs to have evidence, in, uh, which is what I think they're trying they're gonna to They're going to try to determine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it puts the NFL in a really tough position. You know, this will be resolved ultimately through a legal process, the mm-hmm. civil suit anyway. But does the NFL have the ability really to determine truth mm-hmm. 
in these cases when mm-hmm. it, it comes down to two people disagreeing about events from the past. Yeah. It, it Al- although the standard, I think, is different if you're sitting in GE or you're sitting oh, yeah, in totally. Cargill. Oh, uh, totally. Peace. Uh, but, you know, because what ends up happening then is an employee isn't looked upon as a celebrity. That's right. And so if, if, if there's too much tarnish... You know, we'll get rid of the tarnish. Yeah, exactly. And fast. Yeah. And yeah. fast. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of, yeah. you and I had a conversation earlier this yeah. week. About well, things that aren't so tarnished. That aren't so tarnished. <laughs> well, it started, it was about influencers, and it started about, you know, schools back in session here at BU. And uh, you can see online, not here, I didn't see it here. I saw it at other schools. Young people who decorate their rooms, they're sponsored by Target. Uh, they're sponsored by uh, Walmart. In yeah. other retailers. Paid influencers. Paid influencers <laughs> at the age of, you know, uh, 19, 20 years old. And and I'm just getting back to the NFL because I think this is such an interesting story. So Odell Beckham is another, yeah. you know, he would yeah. say the best. Yeah. Went from the New York Giants <laughs> to the Cleveland Browns. Now, so he's playing for the and Browns. he's got some bling, right? He's got some bling. So in the preseason, he played in a game with a $350,000 watch, wearing wow. a $350,000 watch. I don't now, think I've even held a $350,000 exactly, watch. Exactly, exactly. So y- you can get an idea of the personality of, of uh, Odell Beckham just from that. But then earlier this week, he didn't wear it in the game, but he wore it in war- warm-ups. And I'm going to say the name wrong because I shop at Timex for my <laughs> watches, okay? But he was wearing an RM56-02 Torbellon <laughs> Sapphire worth $2 million. And uh, so PR Week called this company and said, do you have an agreement with Odell Beckham? And they said no. Ah. So the, w- you would conclude from that. Yeah. Well, one, he can afford it. That he's he has a $2 million watch. Or maybe he's seeking a contract. <laughs> or maybe he's seeking. <laughs> so anyway, the world of uh, influencers is just fascinating to me. And, and this is another... Um, uh, another instance. And, and finally, um, uh, you were talking earlier about oversized, weren't you? You said yeah. Yeah, about oversized. oversized. Well, we talked earlier on the on the crux about uh, White House press secretaries. Oh, yeah. And, we, and uh, so uh, recently, uh, the first uh, press oh, secretary the first for, for, for Trump, Trump uh, Sean Spicer, <laughs> went on Dancing with the Stars Wearing what I would, uh, lime yellow, would you describe that, Mike? Sort of ruffled, uh, I would say sausage casing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was supposed to be salsa dancing, salsa but dan- it did look like more like sausage casing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, uh, you know, and I apparently I, I don't watch the show. Salsa dancing, by the way, will never be the same. It will never be the same, and, and uh, I may not be able to eat for a week, but, um, <laughs> but uh, he apparently did not do well. I guess you get rated for your dancing. Uh, uh, but it seems yeah. there's no... Well, no, no. you know, reporters didn't think he danced very well in the White House <laughs> press secretary <laughs> 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 sessions. <laughs> yeah, so listen, I thought I'd mention that. Watch that one if uh-huh. you're, you know, you, you need a laugh this week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll continue watching the White House press secretary, uh, uh, you know, turnstile. And uh, Sean's going from that podium 
and Saturday Night Live it's now a, to Dancing with Stars, right? Yeah. Look what you can aspire to. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Someday, Mike. Someday. <laughs> well, listen, thank you uh, for listening to us uh, on this uh, little discussion with Mike. Now we're going to listen to two students from BU's PR Lab, and uh, they're going to talk about uh, what is the, I think, oldest continuously run student agency. Yeah. So the PR Lab is really an agency with inside the university. Exactly. It's a Real wonderful, yeah. hands-on uh, way in which students get to grapple with some of the same kinds of decisions and choices we had to make as professionals. I, exactly, with real clients out in the real world. So it's a terrific, terrific program here at BU. So give a listen. With We got a lot of students in the studio this week. Somebody's got to run the place. Exactly. So, of course, our intrepid producer and Rachel are uh, are here with us. But we're also really happy to have two student leaders um, here at BU of our PR lab, which is the student-run agency uh, that's here at BU. And we're going to talk about that with them. And we have Tiny Koo, um, who's a senior. Hi, Good. I am. <laughs> Hello there. And uh, Tiny, you're the president of client services for this uh, oh. agency, right? Mm-hmm. So my term started last year, May, and now this year, May, I'm about to give it on to the next president of client service. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about what that means in a minute. Minute. And Katie Schiffer, who's the president of operations, I'm told, and also a senior here at BU in the College of Communications. And I'm told you that's pretty much everything, Katie, that you do, <laughs> right? The, the branding, Strategic the... Strategic planning, operations, branding, HR, communications, and of course, collaborating wow. with the vice president of operations and the directors. Wow. So uh, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that BU's PR lab is the longest running or the oldest? Longest the, running. The longest running student led agency. And we have numerous prizes, which Katie can tell you more about. Yes, yeah, so we're an award winning public relations agency. So on our website, we have a long list of all of the awards that we've been honored to win throughout our 40-year tenure. We and that's competing against real agencies, and not that you're not real, but agencies with adults with people who have already graduated from school and have been hired by some of the top agencies in the country. Absolutely. So competing against professionals in the industry. That's terrific. That's amazing. So about 120 students this semester yes. um, in um, on PR Lab staff. Why don't you tell us uh, about how you're organized? How does it work? Uh, do do How do you get clients, for example? What's yeah, Gary needs help. He needs, I, he yeah, needs. I need exactly. <laughs> so, Tiny, maybe as the you tell us how does that work? We, you, obviously, as students, you don't have a lot of time to go out pitching well, clients, or maybe <laughs> you do. Um, so, we have the president, a vice president of operations, who is also the director of new business. So, we have a bunch of different clients that we pitch to. I think we've pitched to the Boston Public Library and the vice president of operations. Now, that was one of her clients. Um, we also have a lot of referrals. I think Professor Fernandez was saying earlier, he tried to refer someone over, but because space is so limited, we always have to reject some clients. 
points, which is difficult for us because we do want to help as many startups, nonprofits, yeah. and also big name companies yeah. that we have. Well, well, tell us some of the clients that you do manage. So um, our longest clients, returning clients, are Ben & Jerry's on Newbury mm. Street. Do you get samples? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> samples. <laughs> Delicious. Um, and then we have Goodwill Industries. Oh, nice. The, yes. And then we have Clover currently, the um, restaurant. I don't know. I know people in Clover Boston. Clover Food Lab. Right. Yeah, Clover Food Labs. They're um, very popular in Boston, especially in the work industry, you know, the businessmen downtown. <laughs> um, and then we also have a bunch of nonprofits. Right now we have Charles River Cleanup Boat and Charles River Conservancy. And then some startups, we have Verto, which is operated by BU students and CEO is a BU student. And then we also have Freebird Rights in California. So we have a bunch of different clients. And to give you an idea of how the agency is structured, each client is equipped with an account team that works with the client throughout the semester to fulfill that particular client's scope of work. So each account team includes two to four account executives, and these are the actual PR practitioners who are working on the branding, the media relations, the strategic planning for the account. An account supervisor who manages the day-to-day -day operations, client relations for the team, mm -hmm. and then also a director who serves as a high-level resource throughout the client engagement for both the client and the team. So, so you've gotten direct face-to-face -face experience with clients, right? Mm -hmm. Going in, understanding what their needs are, what their aspirations are, and then translating that into a strategy. Could you give us an example uh, of s something like that? Yeah, so right now, so part of my job before the semester begins, I'll meet with the client over the phone or in person where we create a scope of work. So they'll tell me what their problem is and what they need, and I put this into a scope of work document, which kind of, it's almost a contract for the rest of the semester for our students so they know what to expect and what has to be completed by the end of the semester. So, for example, um, I can think of goodwill. Um, when I was speaking to him, Mary Kondo, the Netflix series, was very popular back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the get rid of your junk per yes, show, yes, right? Yes, okay, yes, yeah, Kondo. declutter. Uh, yes. Yeah. And he was saying how he wanted to use that and implement a strategy for goodwill campaigns so mm. that we can somehow use that and, you know, use the theme. Because they accept donations of that exactly. kind of, when right. you're cleaning out your house. Uh -huh. Wow. Okay. So I thought that was very smart. And one thing that was nice is our client at Goodwill, he actually has agency experience. I might be wrong, but I, I think it was one of the bigger agencies like Weber Shandwick or one of those ones. Um, the best one. Yeah. The best one. <laughs> 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 um, so all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so our clients are all very different. We also have clients who have no idea what PR is, and um, I just this particular client is a smaller business, and she really doesn't know how to use the computer, doesn't know how to use recording equipment. So our team from last semester created a bunch of video campaigns, a bunch of Instagram posts, but nothing was being used because she didn't know how to use it. To implement it, yeah. Mm -hmm. So part of PR Lab, it's not just creating strategies and going through tactics. It's also helping our client putting it wow. on the web. Yeah. And Putting it on. So lots of tactical skill kinds of things that <clears throat> maybe the client doesn't know how to do mm -hmm. and that you're kind of picking that up. 
Yeah. Now, in terms of, so you talked a lot about various tactics. Um, have there been uh, success stories in terms of where you've been able to hit some extraordinary outcomes for some of these clients? Yeah, um, so many extraordinary results. <laughs> we actually have final presentations today, so I'm, it's right on the top <laughs> of my mind. Um, so some of our clients don't have an Instagram page, and we had to create one for them. So when I was an account executive, I worked for Free Bird Rides, which is a startup in California. And we got, I think, our Instagram reach Rate, uh, incre we increased it by about 500% or something like that. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, just because it was so stagnant, they don't have time or the resources to get these posts up. So once we started, it just kept going. And uh, right now, they're still one of our clients. So I'm waiting today to see what's happening. Um, but we also have just all our results. Are now, do these clients pay you? Only $250 per semester, which is nothing. <laughs> wow. So it's absolutely a deal to have yeah. access to the brightest minds I here at the College of Communication. I can tell you the agencies that I used at GE uh, for $250. There are a few zeros <laughs> at the end of that, I think. Exactly. I'd get them a cup of coffee maybe for that. But So, so Katie, tell, tell us about yourself. How did you end – where are you from and how did you end up at BU? This is a, such a great experience for you, but – Let's go back. How, how you ended up at BU? Absolutely. So I'm from the greater Boston area. Okay. And ever since I was a little girl, I absolutely loved the city of Boston and knew that I wanted to come to college here. So I was absolutely thrilled when I was admitted to Boston University and found my major and my home here at the College of Communication. I was very fortunate junior year to be able to serve as an account supervisor here at PR Lab. Yes. And then in May of 2018, I was promoted to this presidency of operations role. Oh, so, so what got you interested in PR Lab from the beginning? I mean, what, what was kind of the door opener? You said, aha, that's something for me. I absolutely loved that it was student-run and mm -hmm. student-led with the mentorship and support of two absolutely incredible people and leaders, Professor Chandler and Professor Joseph. Yeah, they're fantastic. They mm -hmm. absolutely are. Yeah, Tiny, now you're South African. Yes, right? I am. So, <laughs> so tell me about your journey to BU and, and what you drew you to PR Lab. So um, coming out of high school, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. All I knew was that I love speaking to people and I love writing. <laughs> um, so I started looking at universities and in South Africa, you either study business or you study accounting. It's just very general. So when I looked into America, it was something like public relations or it was entrepreneurial studies. It was just very specific. So I decided that I wanted to do something in communications, right? Back then, I wanted to be a TV anchor <laughs> or host Good Morning America, which I'm still... You still may, you know, yeah, yeah. It might happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can send them this tape. Tiny. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Let me just redo. <laughs> um, but I saw public relations, Google top schools for public relations, and it came up with BU. So I only applied to BU, and here I am. <laughs> Terrific. Now, are there students that, from this experience... They graduate and they go on to actually work in other agencies? Absolutely. We've had students go on to work in other agencies here in the city of Boston, but also all over the country, in-house public relations and communications departments. And students have also secured internships and other employment opportunities from the clients they actually got to collaborate with here in PR Lab. 
Yeah, you'd be surprised, but many of the interviews that I've been on, if I say I'm from PR Lab, they all know PR Lab. They all know BU. They all know Professor Chandler. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. Yeah. Well, for the students and potential, you know, uh, PR students out there, this is an amazing experience. Uh, I I just can't describe to you what, as an employer, Mike, you're Mm the same thing, when you look down a student's resume and you can take a look at their GPA and all of that, but someone who's actually sat across the table from someone tried to understand their hopes, their problems, their aspirations, and then delivered on that a strategy and tactics, that kind of experience is gold. Yeah, the hands-on experience is priceless. Yes. It really is. And, and for uh, clients out there, for $250, my goodness, listen to the, how smart these two We're going to have to sign them up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, we're going to have to figure out with uh, Amy or JJ, why $250? You know, it's like, what? So, uh, is, I'm not serious about that, but is there something about $250 that... Um, we want to have a reasonable price point for all of our <laughs> clients, regardless of whether they're from the nonprofit sector or the private sector. Well, listen, thank you for coming in to uh, to talk to us about this. Uh, you both are quite impressive, and, and thanks for telling us more well, about well, one the One last Lab. question. Okay. What's next for the two of you? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actively in the job search right now, so I will keep you posted as I hear. That, I'm that's very excited, though, Katie about the Schiffer, next chapter. C-H-I-F-F-E-R. <laughs> Katie, are you on LinkedIn? <laughs> I am on LinkedIn, Okay, yes. terrific. Catherine Schiffer on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, Well, right now I'm planning to buy a shirt that says hire me. And my plan is to go to a Red Sox game and to get on the Jumbotron with my resume. But um, right now I'm also on the job search. I've been meeting so many people within BU, so I'm not too worried. But, you know, deep down I'm still a little anxious. So, you know, everyone's fighting for the same jobs. Yeah. Well, thanks for your contributions to Boston University and a great program. Thank Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Crux, and make sure to listen for our next episode. Follow us at The Crux on Facebook and on Twitter, and you can find our episodes on SoundCloud and on our website, thecruxpodcast.org.